Hello, and we have returned. The prodigal sons are back for episode yes. three. Look at us go. Hello, Jake. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you, bud? I'm good, Dylan. Let's good. Let's fuck it up. Let's oh, fuck it let's up. Let's do it. Let's bring the energy, bring the thunder, bring that heat. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. That's right. It's going to be such a good time. Hell yeah. We have stories. You have stories. We have stories. Yes. So much to talk about. I would like to start, actually, because I have an important update that nobody knows yet. As of, let's see, January 30th, 2021. January 30th. January 30th, 2021. Only like one person knows about this. So, here it is. Jake, you may now refer to me as Lord Dylan Cadenhead of Call Glennon. I bought some land on Scotland. Yes. Now I'm a lord. I'm a Scottish lord. Normally those things are like seventy or eighty bucks. I got it for. Can you guess how much? I want to go with twenty five dollars. Twenty one bucks. So for twenty one dollars, and I'm waiting to get like all the stuff in the mail, but they sent me the PDFs, so it is official. I am Lord Dylan Cadenhead. Oh my god. I am a Scottish lord, and you will address me as such. So you're going to buy a kilt now, and we're going to have to start going to rent fairs? I was actually planning on buying a kilt anyway. I was just trying to find a good one. I've been looking for a long time. I have some saved. I'm sure you do. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's cool, though. Yes. So I did it because it was on sale. If it had stayed like 80 bucks, would not have done it, but they had the Scottish one on sale. I'm all over that shit. So. That's very cool. I got the first part of the covid vaccine yesterday hell yeah so i'll be all vaccinated by february 19th three weeks from now nice 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 so that'll be cool tiktok continues to rule my life yeah as i can tell by the uh 30 minutes that we sat in here with the recording stuff ready to go and us not recording because they just kept hearing different like tiktok sounds mostly the rasputin song oh my god i can't get all i can't get enough of that stupid clip I like TikTok, and at the same time, we have listeners who correspond with us, and I love I love interacting with our listeners, but it does yes. take a big chunk of my time to be able to repost and post and send these things that other people send and then send them to everybody else. It's like this big network of people. Yeah, we have made a lot of friends, and I think that that's super cool, but Jake has taken like to just doing most of that, um, which I definitely appreciate. Because I want to be more active, but also I'm very depressed and I don't do a lot of things all the time. I can't even make fun of it when you say things like that. <laughs> I was going to make fun of you saying I want to be very active, but then you you, you pop it with, but I'm very depressed. It's like, wah, wah. I can't make a joke about that. Exactly. That's why I peppered that one in there. I don't want to be put on blast for this. I'm too sad. But uh, that's okay. We have started recording again. Uh, because we had some technical difficulty, it was not picking up Jake's microphone. But we're all good now. You're a Scottish lord. I think that's awesome. TikTok is awesome. Yes. TikTok is wonderful. I've recently started making TikToks, trying to like get my art out there. Um, it's been going pretty okie-dokie. I think I'm pretty funny and got some nifty doodles and paintings to show. So I'm wearing one of our Too Scared to Sleep t-shirts right now. I know. I was wearing one of mine the other day. And now it is dirty, so I'm not wearing one. I know. We've got our swag. It's got, it's awesome. It's so cool. We I'm have so, so much to talk about. No, we don't. Oh, that's right. We were sending each other TikTok videos. And you were telling me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one of the categories of women that you're attracted to are very muscular, athletic women, which is not your aesthetic at all. And yet, no. Somehow that's a thing you like. Describe, I am, please explain I this. am very much, like, it's not because it's something that aligns with my lifestyle. I am very much a Nick Miller from New Girl. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, howdy, do I love me some physically powerful women. Uh, just, like, goodness gracious. So, every now and then, my TikTok, my TikTok is mostly art stuff, movie stuff, goth girls and then every now and then it'll pepper in some very strong like bodybuilder women or like wrestler women and who buddy i love strong women i that think is it's amazing so, that is so crazy if i could find like just a 
powerful goth woman who could like pick me up and throw me i would be all over that man i fucking love it god it's so crazy right now but man i just it's something about like so especially with like that rasputin trend where the like move their arms and then show their biceps i'm like woo, love that (laughs) dylan this is so crazy oh it's so weird man i like goth women i like artsy women and i like strong women so if you could find if you could find a goth woman who also did art but also bodybuilt oh my god You've described the perfect woman. You've described... Oh, your sister. Yeah, okay. She's got a mom. I'll be into her. All right. That's fine. My whole thing is just, like, to older women. Anyway, enough about that. I mean, that's, like... That's just closer to where you are at in age. Closer to where I'm at in age and also in life. That's where I'm at in life. Okay, here's the weirdest thing. I'm on an internet dating site, and um, everybody can post a certain number of photos. There are so many women on this site that are in my age, in my little my little search group, mm-hmm. that have a photo of themselves at Machu Picchu. What? Apparently, going down to South America and hiking to Machu Picchu is a thing. I mean, yeah, but that's so weirdly specific that so many people are into that. They're all taking the same photo from the same place. There's over six of them, if not more of them, that I've been like, oh, look, this, oh, oh another photo from Machu Picchu. What the fuck? Apparently, everybody's going to Machu Picchu. I guess so. I'm uh, the only one who hasn't gone yet, apparently. Wow, so you probably, gotta get on that shit. We should probably go to Machu Picchu. All right, let's go to Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Dylan. Me. You want to do your topic first or my topic first? I would love to do my topic first. Let's do it. All righty. I am going to be bringing something that's pretty interesting. It's taken me a long time to get enough information on it to make a full topic, but it was introduced to me through TikTok. It's really interesting. It's a lot of people's favorite cryptid, uh, but it's a little bit lesser known one. So, we're going to be talking about... Drum roll, please. Mm-hmm. The Knot Deer. The Knot Deer. Are you familiar with the Knot Deer? No, but it sounds crazy. Excellent. So, the Knot Deer is a common southern folk story slash cryptid slash encounter slash whatever you want to call it. How do you spell that? It's just not slash deer. As in, that's not a deer? Yes. Got it. This sounds horrible. It sounds so scary. Okay, the more I looked into it, the more I fucking loved it. I can see why this is people's favorite, and it is now definitely one of my favorites. Now, the not deer don't seem inherently malicious or violent, but they fall into the uncanny valley of animals, and Mm. I am a slut. For the unsettling and for the uncanny valley. I'm a slut for it. So before we get into the actual knot deer, um, for people that don't know, I want to break down what the uncanny valley is first. So this is basically like a two for one topic. You get a history lesson on some spooky shit and then you get some stories about some spooky shit. It's pretty cool. The uncanny valley is really interesting to me. So this was just a one two punch. I'm real hyped about it. So, in 1970, a Japanese scientist and roboticist uh, proposed the idea that things that looked or act too similar to humans without being human create a deeply unsettling feeling in the human brain. He hypothesized that there was an uncanny valley that lies in the space between a faceless robot and something indistinguishably human. Okay? Okay. So the basic premises of the hypothesis was that if something very clearly not human is given human characteristics, we find those characteristics endearing and we generally love them. But if it's given too many human qualities, then it looks like an imperfect simulation and that triggers revulsion or even fear. But if you get it human enough, then it becomes fascinating and that revulsion leaves. So there's this little window of just primal terror and like deep unsettling feeling. I so got it. He discovered this that because, or he discovered this because as a roboticist, he loved building robots and he grew his craft, um, began adding more and more human characteristics to his robots and people loved it for, you know, most of what he was doing. They became cute, quirky, and charming. But when he got to the point of creating more human-like robots, getting to the point of adding synthetic skin and clothes, and they used like basic or rudimentary facial expressions, 
the general populace began reacting in less approving ways. Um, The other scientists, of course, applauded his skill, but people who took the machines at face value got deeply disturbed by them. That makes sense. That's the whole thing. Yes. In Isaac Asimov's books, there's this whole thing about that where... Here I go again. <laughs> I have to geek out so bad. Yes. Basically, in Isaac Asimov's robot series, humanity has broken off into two different subsets. You have the Terrans, who live here on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the Spacers, who have decided to colonize the you know colonize the, sol- the solar system and beyond because they have faster-than-light travel. They travel through hyperspace. And... The Terrans are very distrusting of robots and they don't like to use them as much and they use them kind of as a slave labor and they really shun any kind of anthropomorphized robot. They want them to look as as robotic, as mechanical as possible. No facial expressions, you know, no eyes if that can be possible, very robotic voices. And then the spacers, the ones who have colonized the world, have gone the opposite direction where they use them for all sorts of different, you know, they use them as companions. They've got them looking as much like humans as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, so basically that's like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. That exactly. Like border the uncanny Valley, but the, that scientist, uh, Masahiro Mori actually created a graph to finding the uncanny Valley. And you can find it. It's super easy to locate, but it's basically, a list showing like how much we endear something versus the percentage towards humanoid that they get. So the uncanny valley lies in the space where robots or digital faces like video games or movie CGI become more than 75%, but less than 90% human. It's within that space that the brain activates some sort of response to show deep discomfort, distrust, uh, basically seeing things imitate humans poorly activates almost like a fight or flight response. It creates such a deep unease that we instinctively like want to get away from it as quick as we can. That's because it's, we we perceive it as a predator. Exactly. And we, we perceive it as a predator that's using camouflage. Yes. It's a very instinctual, very evolutionary instinctual response to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, Carl McDorman of the Indiana University said of the Uncanny Valley that, quote, they evoke a fear of death, dying and mortality, which I don't I guess kind of it's just something about them. They just look creepy. But some of the most common examples of these um, now, most of these are kind of where they're like going into the decline into the Uncanny Valley are things like that animated Beowulf movie that we watched recently. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, it's that just that CG, um, things like the Polar Express movie. It's kind of within that area too. Now, the the really bad anti aging CGI, like Robert Downey Jr. in that beginning scene in Civil War. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was kind of in there too. Um, and even better is the robot Sophia, which you may have seen on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, where you can see how physically uncomfortable he gets around her. That robot Sophia is basically like a humanoid robot and she's got on like a long dress and gloves and they have like a synthetic skin face and eyes and she moves around and reacts. But like the back of her head is like... It's yellow, right? Yellow dress? It's open. I thought it was blue. I don't remember. I'll find her. Don't worry about it. Um, Keep moving. Yeah, but anyway, you can see like all the, you know, the gears and all the shit going on in the brain because she doesn't have like a wig on. But she's an AI, so like... Jimmy Fallon can talk to her Mm -hmm. and then without any programming or prompting, she can figure out like responses and she can move around. She like told a joke. Um, She made some joke about like taking over the human race and Jimmy Fallon got mad uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Me too. But he gets like really, really uncomfortable watching this. It's really creepy. And like watching her move her face and like go through facial expressions. It's really creepy. And there's just something, it's so strange because, like, I mean, you would think that somebody, especially you and I, who grew up in a world where, you know, we grew up in a world where Blade Runner was a was a very important movie to us. Fuck the yes. idea of having, you know, genetic replicants, basically machine humans, you know, what did we grow up with too? C- Commander Data in Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. you know, Ash and Bishop and Call and David from the from the Alien movies. You know, 
all human androids, for the most part, I mean, some of them were bad. Some of them obviously were psychotic. But this idea that we're going to grow, that eventually we're going to be in a world, and especially sci-fi people like us, we're going to be in a world where androids like this are going to be a thing. You know, artificial intelligence is going to be a thing before we die. And yet this thing is so unsettling. It's because we haven't gotten to the point of indistinguishably human. Right now, mm -hmm. where we technologically are sitting is directly in the uncanny valley. We have gone past the point of like the basic, you know, simple function robots or like simple AI into where it's they just haven't quite perfected mimicking the human yet and that's what i think is so cool is that not only is this just a fascinating topic but we are literally sitting right in it right now pretty soon we're probably going to start coming up that other end and get to the indistinguishably human robots where we get into things like the replicants you know mm -hmm. but we are just not there yet and it's just so creepy and like finding out how it like reacts in the brain is just fucking crazy. It's just that like like you said, the instinctual fear of like this is something that isn't human that's pretending to be human, and if it's pretending to be human, that's bad news bears. And it's probably a threat. Exactly. And you know what? They are threats. Robots will kill and eat you. They're not gonna listen. If we can, if we can figure out how to program, you're getting me to really geek out right now. Yes. Right? If we can figure out how to how to program. Asimov's three laws of robotics into artificial intelligence, we should be all right. Wasn't the whole point of iRobot that one of the robots decided, hey, not going to follow that anymore, and then just did his own thing? No. It's he followed the three laws of robotics. I thought he killed the old man. He was I, it's not, been a he long was not time bound to the three laws, actually. That Sunny, that yeah, robot. Sunny. That took, iRobot I was very far away from the source material. It's also been a long time. You since really I've want seen me to geek out right now. You really want me to geek out right now? Because I'll just go crazy about this shit. No, let's rein it back. Let's rein it okay, back. Okay, let's rein it back. Because we don't have time to talk about Asimov and the robots and the three laws of robotics and how you can bypass the three laws of robotics. The positronic brain was so fragile that if you started dicking around with the three laws of robotics, you could end up killing one of the robots, causing brain death. Hell yeah. Especially if you're trying to get it. You could. If you were really 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 good at at talking these robots into them you could get them to um you could get them to decide what happened oh, here we go again god <laughs> let's not get into this i'll be talking about this for 10 out 10 hours easily all right all right all right all right, all right. so the whole reason that we nerded out like this and started talking about it is because it plays very well into the idea of the not deer it's that primordial sense of fear the disquieting appearance that some or that you know of something that triggers our fight or flight response that is exactly what the not deer are all about and that is why they're one of my favorites despite not having any sort of like bizarre origin story or violent attacks or like festivals in their names or anything they're just so fucking cool now before i go forward with this um i realized that the because i took some like people's stories off of the internet that i found i'm going to relay those mm -hmm. but i did write a little bit about it the only thing i remember about this was that it was i think like seven in the morning so right before i went to sleep and i was just like sucked in just typing away and i did not review it at all so this could either be really cool or just a bunch of in like incoherent rambling i kind of blacked out there i don't know what happened so we're gonna find out all right so, commonly seen in and around dense woods, most notably around the Appalachian Mountain region um, and a lot of areas within the south, there are a lot of records of people encountering creatures that they think are deer. At first they look like deer, at first they act like deer, and at first they seem fine. But when you look closer, it falls into that uncanny valley area. Something is wrong, but you don't always know exactly what it is. You know that something feels dangerous and off. Maybe its teeth are sharper than they should be uh, the eyes of a predator on a deer's body maybe it's more intense than that the legs are way too long the neck twists and cranes like the joints in a finger Oof. maybe they're a deer walking on their hind legs turning to look directly at you maybe the noises it make are more akin to human or predator animal than deer it could be any number of things but you know that something is wrong you get that heavy sinking feeling in your gut the hairs on your neck stand up and you get a sense of dread, a deep feeling to get away as quick as possible. I'm not liking where this is going. 
So, yeah. I hope I never see a not deer. <laughs> it's not a deer. One of the really interesting things about the not deer is that a lot of people don't even necessarily realize that they've seen one until afterwards because it kind of falls into that Lovecraftian like cosmic horror of you look at it and you know that something isn't quite right but your brain just refuses to comprehend what it is that you're seeing Mm -hmm. until you get away and you can detach yourself from the situation and then you realize like oh shit the legs were backwards on that deer we're like hey why was it looking at me like that? Like, those eyes weren't right, or maybe it had too many eyes. Yeah, because deer's eyes are set to the side of its body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, there's, and there's so many different ways that a not-deer can look. You know, there's one way that a Sasquatch looks. There's one way that Mothman looks. You know, the Fresno Nightcrawlers. But the not-deer are just, like, pretty much any sort of, like bizarre weird shit that you can think of can be on a not deer you have like the too many eyes the joints that are wrong you know the legs can be longer the face can be backwards you know any number of shit they're fucking crazy i love the fresno nightcrawlers i love the fresno nightcrawlers so cool i would love to have a nightcrawler like i don't know whether they're human or animal but either as a roommate or a pet i would love to have a nightcrawler hell yes i want to get a fresno nightcrawler tattoo like i imagine that they're like um Basically like Muppets. Yes. Yes, that's the perfect way to think about it. You know? Like, they would be as cool as a Muppet. Be like, what is that? Oh, that's just my Nightcrawler. God, that would be the coolest shit in the world, dude. make, like, little whoop, whoop noises or something like that. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. I wish we had money we we could make a web series about this. Nightcrawler. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, a web series with (laughs) Yeah, we'll work on this. A cryptid camp. Here we go, Camp Cryptid. Oh my God! Where the humans are the are the uh, are the counselors, and is this too much like Hotel Transylvania, or is it not? Or is not it just think we're fine? Camp Cryptid, Camp Cryptid, Nightcrawlers, Bigfoot, Lock, Lock, Nessie lives in the lake. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! This is good shit. You write that down. I'm gonna put this down. When I say write that down, I mean write it as a note. Yes. Camp Cryptid. Okay, nobody else can steal this. None of our none of our trademarks. TM 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 TM. Yeah, we're putting it at the very bottom here. All right, we're good. Good. Keep going. Okay, so <laughs> most people who live in rural areas or deep within the woods have not deer stories. Um, like I said, most people don't even realize that they do. The changes can be so subtle, just like in little differences on them. Mm-hmm. But luckily, there is no shortage of stories from all over the South and the Northeast areas. Um, And here are some of those stories. Let's hear it. So one Tumblr user wrote, I have a story about the knot deer from two summers ago. I lived deep in the Appalachian Mountains at the time, unlike the foothills I'm in now. I was wandering in the woods, probably two-thirds of a mile from my house at that point as one does when they live two miles down a twisting dirt road with the nearest town and therefore things to do 30 minutes away. When I heard brush moving, I knew it was probably a harmless animal, a possum or a deer, maybe a particularly destructive rabbit, and I turned to look. Well, it was a deer in the way that a graveyard is a playground. You can treat it as such, I guess, but it won't feel the same. Uh, It was just about 30 feet away from me, staring. Wild deer don't stare at random people to begin with. They just run away. Mm -hmm. She was breathing hard and making a low rumbling sound. I didn't really know what to do, and I hadn't really thought about the dangers of going near wild animals, even if they are, quote, harmless deer. So I went towards her. I swear to God, this thing's eyes blanked out, and it took a couple jerking steps forward, moving really strangely... And I flinched because what the hell? Then she ran off to the side while staring at me until she was about 50 feet away. It was deeply unsettling in a way that I can't explain. And I know that that thing was not quite a deer. I sprinted all the way home. God. These stories are fucking radical. So there was a Reddit thread about the not deer. um, And a couple different users had wrote. So here are two of those stories. So the first one is, Hi, Georgian here. I live at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountain, halfway between Chattanooga and Atlanta, 
and sometimes my family takes trips to the mountains. One day up there, one day up there, me and my cousin wanted to go cruising around to just take in the views, and it was getting late, around eight. So we started to head back. Close back to our cabin, we see a deer on the side of the road, so we slow down. Then as we get close to it, it walks in the road pretty close to being dead in front of us. So I hit the brakes, and then it stands up and starts walking around on its back legs. Now me and him are freaking out, because mm. that's fucking crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we've been out in nature with our anim- with animals our whole lives. I grew up a minute away from Pine Mountain, living out in the lake, but I've never seen anything like it. It just looked so wrong. Its joints didn't move right, and it had arms, not front legs, and an upper half like a human, excluding the head. We gassed it across the mountain curves and kept going. We didn't even want to stop at the cabin because we didn't want to stop moving. Sounds like the thing. I know. Alright, and the last story that I have here is from that same Reddit thread, which was really good. Hey, so I grew up in North Carolina, and we always had deer on our property. Deer hunting was incredibly common in my town. I definitely know people who had experiences with not deer, or the deer as they were sometimes called. I've heard it all the time. It was so human, and it had arms. It walked like a person, and there was something wrong about its face. But by far the creepiest ones are the ones where you can't tell what's wrong until you can't see it anymore. The most common comment that I've heard was, It looked me in the eyes and I just knew that it wasn't a deer. I got scared and I ran after I got back on the path and I realized all of its limbs were or its head was on backwards. I've seen people come tearing out of the woods hyperventilating plenty of times, but I've only had one experience personally. I was looking for hauling with my brother, but he ran to the path to grab a bucket because his hands were full, and I was alone, and there was one of the not deer maybe 15 or 20 feet away from me. I squatted down and got quiet because I thought it was a baby deer and I wanted to watch it. But then it stood up, and I knew something was wrong. I've never been so scared in my life. My brother came running back, and he saw it too just for a second before it ran off, and that's when it hit me. That deer had way too many eyes, and its legs were just a little bit too long and maybe backwards. I recently moved to Bridgewater, Massachusetts, which has its own set of wild cryptids, but luckily the not deer don't seem to be a thing here. And in the comments on that one, some you know people were asking him kind of like more specifics about it or why he didn't notice it first, and he said the only thing that he could figure was that it, his brain was just taking the time to process it and doing like I said, where he had to like distance himself from it. But that's when he realized that he could. He knew something was just not right with it. Like I said, he said, I had way too many eyes. Ooh. And he capitalized way. Um, and the, like, long backwards legs. God, I fucking love the not deer, This man. is all very unsettling. This is very, very good. I just think that these are so fucking cool, man. But... I mean, that's pretty much it. There's no shortage of stories online. You could find a whole bunch of them. You probably have your own, you know? Just think about it. Like, especially here, Jake, how many deer are just wandering around, like, this whole neighborhood at night? I see them every time I go home. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Just, you know, keep your windows and blinds None of them are not deer. You don't know that. I mean, you hope. I hope so. (laughs) Even if I haven't seen Maybe I've seen them. Maybe I haven't. Jesus Christ, that was creepy. Yes, but I really want to work... I want to do a not-deer painting. I feel like that would be pretty cool. But there's plenty of, like, pictures you can find. I'm sure a lot of these are photoshopped, and obviously some are, like, drawings and shit. But there's just some weird stuff out here, man. They're really fucking cool. Great, now I have to look, because I can't stand not to see it. Hell yeah. But that was the not-deer. It's plenty of people's favorite cryptid on TikTok, apparently, and I kept seeing images about it so i decided that it was time for me to do my own research and go ahead and present it i'm very happy that i did all right and we will come back shortly i'm gonna give jake some time to look through these not dear images uh, and then give him some time to decompress from this but we will be back shortly are you ready we are back hell yeah hell yeah we just i just watched the most disturbing thing about that what was her name? Sophia. Sophia the robot. Yeah. It's just like, 
you know, I'm talking about how, oh, it's just, we got into, the, we went down this whole rabbit hole about when do you start giving them rights, you know? Because it was weird because I was watching, I was watching um, an, an interview where she was in Australia with her. See, I'm talking about her like she's actually a person. Mm-hmm. She was on a show with her developer and it took them four minutes before they started talking to her. And the entire time those four minutes are going on in the first part of the interview, they're talking about her as if she's not there. And yet I'm like, you know, she's a she's a robot. But at some point you have to give them individuality like you would a person. You would It would be rude for you to talk about a person in the same room without actually addressing them. But that's a right that we give human beings that we have yet to give to robots because robots don't have sentience just as yet. Yeah. And I agree that, like, when you see something that looks inherently human, it feels weird to talk about it as if it's not a person. But, I mean, it's a machine, but also, like, kind of human? I don't know. It's weird. It's a whole weird thing that I did not realize I was going to have to be thinking about tonight. (laughs) So, yeah. You started this. I did start this. I just did not consider the fact of weighing the morality or the the ethics of treating a robot as a human. We're getting closer to genetic replicants. That's all I can say. I know. Pretty hyped. It's going to be crazy. <clears throat> all right. You ready for my, uh, you ready for my topic? I am ready for your topic. I've been really <sighs> curious about what this is. Okay. Another one from UFO Jane and nice. the alien. This is, what, this is what I get when I hang out with them. I love we you guys. Talk- Thank you. <laughs> They're the best. We were talking about Ape Canyon up in Washington State. Talking about what? Ape Canyon. Ape Canyon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So here's here's the thing. Nobody knows exactly when we started attributing, you know, the Bigfoot legend to the Pacific Northwest, but um, part of it has a large is is enlarged due to this one particular spot. There is a narrow gorge on the east flank of Mount Saint Helens. Okay, Mount St. Helens erupted, I want to say, in maybe 1989 or something like that. And a lot of it got changed. But before that, there was this gorge there called that they started calling Ape Canyon because of a very famous Bigfoot sighting that I'm going to talk about. Not only that, but there was also a missing persons, a lot like those David Politis missing 411 Mm -hmm. missing persons thing that also happened but and Ape Canyon. So I'm going to talk about both of those things. But I'm going to start off by talking about this one particular Bigfoot encounter that happened in the summer of 1924. A group of gold prospectors stumbled out of the woods, shaky and glassy-eyed, to tell the story of seven-foot-tall ape-like animals that were attacking them by throwing boulders at them. Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So these guys are named Fred Beck, Gabe Lefevre, John Peterson, Marion Smith, and Roy Smith. Smith's the first Smith's son. They came upon a group of gorilla men near where they had built a small cabin. Um, they had built like a hunting and lodging cabin, and they were in there. Obviously, they were like panning for gold. Mm-hmm. So, they claimed that they were eight miles from Spirit Lake in Washington, and that they had encountered four of these giant animals moving through the forest with erect human-like strides. All right, you weren't sure where I was going with that. No, I was wondering. <laughs> I left it as I saw it because I wanted you to I wanted you to make that face at me and you did. It worked. They were covered with long black hair. Their newspaper reported that they said um, their ears were about four inches long and stuck straight up. They had four toes that were very short and stubby. And that they estimated that each of these eight men, gorilla men, weighed about four hundred pounds each by by judging by the size of what they look like. So they've got I mean, seven feet tall, four hundred feet. That's that's a massive fucking huge person. It's a real big thing. That is a big thing. So taken back by at the sight of the huge beast, Fred Beck fired his rifle at one of the creatures and struck it three times. The wounded animal toppled off a cliff. Beck reported reportedly claimed years later that another member of the party had fired the shots. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But somebody saw a big scary thing. Somebody shot big scary thing. Yeah, Fred more Beck, than once. Fred Beck woke up and chose violence. <laughs> of course he did. Of course, it's the American way. And the this way God turned out intended. to be the first of their their mistakes. Oh boy, I'm so excited to hear all of their many mistakes. Yes. So that night they woke up <laughs> to the sound of huge stones 
falling outside their cabin onto the roof of their cabin as well. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Then they heard and felt giant bodies slamming against the walls and the door. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. This kept going on for hours. Eventually, the eight men were able to tear a hole through the roof and they were able to target Beck. They started throwing rocks through the hole in the roof, and two of the rocks struck Beck, one of them rendering him unconscious for nearly two hours. And at one point, one of the eight men reached down and tried to grab Beck. Okay. For revenge. Okay. The men began to shoot at the monsters, and the attacks would cease only to start back up again minutes later. At one point, one of the supposed Sasquatch reached into the cabin through a hole in the... In the uh, in in the in the construction either it was like yeah in the, a hole in the roof he took a hold of an axe but he was uh they shot they shot at him and he uh, couldn't pull it out finally the prospector said the sun began to come up which prompted the animals to break off their attack and slip away the men poked their heads out of the door and when they decided that the coast was clear they ran out of the woods that was probably the smart move the first smart thing they've done this is this is the first smart thing they've done in the entire story tales of the giant eight men weren't exactly new to the area of course hunters lumberjacks prospectors had seen massive footprints now and again over the years huge huge footprints of course native americans in the pacific northwest had spoken of mountain devils but few people seriously worried about the possibility of a huge unknown creature being out there in the forest that changed when these gold hunters returned to civilization that summer day in 1924 the dramatic story of their battle with large human-like beasts was irresistible, and thus it was hard for people to dismiss. With news reports and word of mouth causing a local sensation, the U.S. Forest Service decided to investigate. These guys, I'm Damn. telling you, the U.S. Forest Service, they're of a mind to, I think, to, I think minimize it and definitely cover it up more yeah. than anything else. I believe that. They're on the take. Bastards. Two rangers hiked back into the forest with Beck, and he took them to the cliff where he said the wounded man ate. And the, the, he, where he, they took, he took them to a cliff where he said that the wounded ape man fell. A ranger scrambled down the supposedly inaccessible canyon and found nothing, the, according to the newspaper. But I'm telling you, they're, they, they want to keep it a secret. Of course they do. I'll bet at the highest levels, these guys just want to keep this sort of thing a secret because they don't want people going out there. They don't want people getting obsessed with it. Yeah. Beck and the rangers continued on to the prospector's cabin. And Beck pointed out the large stones that had been used in the attack. The rangers weren't impressed, concluding that the gold miners had probably placed these large stones there themselves. But a reporter asked the rangers when they returned to uh, to this town of Kelso, Kelso, where the uh, newspaper was, what about the 14-inch long footprints found near the cabin? <sighs> So then the ranger creates an imprint in the ground using the knuckles and the palm of his right hands and says, they were made this way. So basically, you know, you can just press your, you can just do an impression into the ground and then yeah. use, your, use your knuckles to make the, the, the toe prints. But whatever. Make a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Despite the ranger's attempts at debunking, debunking the story, people still wanted to believe and the tale continued to spread. Friends and acquaintances of the five men who reported their experiences are of the belief that they actually saw something which cannot be explained, which, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Beck would go on to write a book about their experience. Here's where it gets exciting. Beck would go on to write a book about their experience that night, speculating the eight men were actually, in fact, extra-dimensional beings. But some more grounded theories have also been posited, okay? The most popular explanation for the sensational story, this is so stupid, is what there was a gang of local youth that were bombarding the cabin with rocks. Um, and thanks to the acoustics of the canyon, it's possible for their vo- voices to seem beastly or extra-dimensional, as it were. There was a youths. Yeah. Pre-Mount St. Helens eruption back in the 80s, there was a Boy Scout camp that wasn't that many miles away from this. So they tried to say, oh, no, it's probably just some teenagers out there. But the fact that he... The Beck, would, Beck decided to speculate that they were extra-dimensional extra beings goes back to our Season 2, Episode 1, um, when we talked about how there are there are um, very solid supernatural elements to the Sasquatch stories mm-hmm. that a lot of times get left out. Yes. Um, purposely omitted, because it's hard for people to... It's hard, I guess, it's hard enough for people to believe that 
Sasquatch and Bigfoot and these sorts of things are out there, but it's even harder for them to take this leap and say, okay, there's a, there was a supernatural element to me experiencing this. And so people just write it off. But at the same time, we've talked about how these things are ultra dimensional, ultra, ultra terrestrials. We talked about them as, as these extra dimensional beings. And so Sasquatch is on the same continuum as the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which we fucking love. God, I love those funky little dudes. We need to go get on Etsy and find out if somebody has made a little plush Fresno Nightcrawler, because I would love to have one of those. Oh, I absolutely know that they Mothman, have. Mothman, too. I made a leather one. Yeah, I remember that. Of course you did, Leather Daddy, weirdo. <laughs> anyway, the fact is that they're all along the same continuum of these ultra-dimensional beings, along with, you know, UFOs and extraterrestrials, the way that we think of them. There's got to be, there's there's some sort of explanation out there. And there are, there's all of these supernatural elements that have just been left out of all of the, of a lot of these cryptid um, stories because people can't reconcile the fact that they might, that there might be a supernatural element to them. They want it to be an ape. They want it to be Gigantopithecus or something yeah. like that. So um, there was a Native American tribe member named Frank Wanase who told the reporter about peculiar treat creatures that the tribe's elders always spoke about he described them as being nine and ten feet tall correspondingly large in stature and their bodies covered with long hair they were only ever seen traveling at night and he said but that the this tribal elders this tribal chief and this tribe member all always described them as being harmless but of course they didn't provoke them like the way the way the white people did of course not of course the not. white people are fucking stupid mm-hmm in the, follow, in the years that followed, the, the prospector's stories would be repeated time and again, inspiring various sightings of and theories about the beast. Since then, um, in 1974, they talked about how tracks had been sighted on the Lewis River, attested to by rational and honest witnesses. Occasional campers and motorists have been startled by glimpses of huge and mysterious hairy creatures walking like men, disappearing into the woods. So it just keeps coming on and on, especially in this area. Go ahead. Okay, so I was looking for Fresno Nightcrawler plushes. Of course, there are a ton, but this is pretty cool. It's $25 on Etsy. It is a Fresno Nightcrawler cryptid wax seal signet ring. So it's a ring that sticks out, and it has the Fresno Nightcrawler indented in it. So when you write a letter, you use that as the wax seal, and then you pull it out, and it's the fucking Fresno Nightcrawler, dude. I think it would be so cool to have these guys around. They've got to be like... The Fresno Nightcrawler is what kind of animal is it? Like, what kind of actual terrestrial animal animal does it does it correspond to? I don't. They give me strong like. I don't know. Maybe like a parrot. You know what they remind me of? Flamingos. I can kind of see that. Nice. Fresno Nightcrawlers are cool. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, they're adorable. Like, I remember being kind of creeped out the first time I I saw the video of the Nightcrawlers, but at this point, compared to the other shit that we watch... Yeah, honestly. Fresno Nightcrawlers aren't so bad. Am I right or am I right? Oh, yeah. We see some crazy shit. We've watched some crazy shit that we shouldn't have been watching. That's fair. Oh, my God. Somebody put the Fresno Nightcrawler video along with that... (laughs) Who's that song? Making My Way Downtown? Yes. Oh, my God. This is a fake <gasps> Nightcrawler. Dude. Why would you do that to me? They have a Mothman signet ring. Oh, that's the one you're going to get. Well, I don't know. There's a... Okay. I don't know if I told you, but at work, we got in a new thing, a letter writing kit. And then there's also like a calligraphy set. Mm-hmm. But it's an actual feather with like the metal nibs and it comes with ink. And the one I got is three different nibs and the feather and then like the ink and the stand for it. But it also comes with a pack of... Uh, like envelopes and letters mm-hmm. and wax seal candles so you don't have to have like the burner and everything you just light the candle and you drip it on there and it came with the little stamp mm-hmm. so that you can stamp and put your own little like signature thing on it and it's so fucking cool i want to like i want to write letters now and i've always liked doing the wax seal stuff so i've been trying to find like a really cool wax seal that i can use instead of the one that it came with, because the one it came with is just kind of like basic, whatever. I want a unique one, and man, there's some cool shit on here. If you saw a, we're so far off. If I know. you saw a Fresno Nightcrawler, would you be afraid of it? Would you stand still? 
How would you handle it? Okay, I would realistically probably just stand still because I would want to watch it. But if I knew that it wouldn't run away, I would definitely go up to it. And I would want to like... You got to think that most of these cryptids are more afraid. Again, they're more afraid of humans than we are of them. Exactly. That's why I wouldn't actually go up to it, but I would really want to. But I would just want to stand still and watch them for as long as I could. There are a lot of animals now. If it's a a predator, it's not going to want you to look it in the eye like a gorilla or a xenomorph. (laughs) They don't even have eyes. They don't have eyes. I don't know. It's just so weird. Let me get back to my topic. Yes, we are please, so dude. far up. Okay. I know. Yeah. And I told you that I was going to talk to you about, about Ape Canyon. There's also an appearance, there was also no disappearance back in May of 1950 of this, of this guy named uh, Jim Carter. Ape Canyon is right, right next to Mount St. Helens. Like I said, up in Washington, mm-hmm. he was 32 years old and he was with a 20 member climbing party from Seattle. They were hiking around Mount St. Helens back in May of 1950. And on the way down the mountain, he left the other climbers near a landmark called Dog's Head at around 8,000 feet. Carter was an experienced skier and mountaineer, and he told the rest of the climbers that he would ski around to the left and take a picture of the group as they skied down the timberline. I was about to wonder. I was about to to ask, what in the white person shit (laughs) would... Why would you... Why would you want to break off from your group? But I guess if he wants to take a picture. Again, another white person thing to do. Let me go take a picture. Let's put it on our Instagram. Oh, my God. Hashtag Mount St. Helens. Jesus. Fucking white people. Hashtag you had to be <gasps> here. There's a Jersey Devil wax seal signet ring, too. You're so weird. Keep going. I'm listening. There's no reason you need a wax seal ring. People don't even write letters anymore. But I have a letter writing kit. And who do you write these letters to? I wrote a letter to Iris. I'll write a love letter See, if I ever find love. I was trying to make fun of you, and then you say something sweet like that. And I'm like, God damn it, Dylan. That's right. I contain multitudes. I can get real sad, talk about my depression, and I can talk about being nice to my friends who I love very dearly. Oh, my God. Fuck you off. just redeemed yourself with that. All right. Let's see here. Uh, from there okay so he decides that he's we are so far off so he decides he's gonna go around the he's gonna go around the side here and we take a picture of you coming down so he took off down the mountain in a wild death-defying dash apparently taking chances that no skier of his caliber would take unless something oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa. yeah so like they came around the corner and they saw him and he's going as fast as he can down the mountain yikes right? He took off down the mountain in a wild, death-defying dash, apparently taking chances that no skier of his caliber would take unless something was terribly wrong or he was being pursued. He apparently jumped over two or three large crevasses and was going like a de- like the devil down the slope, seemingly frightened or something. That was the last time anyone saw Carter alive. Oh, my was God. Was his disappearance linked to the famous giant ape attack of 1924? So, despite a large search of the area for weeks by experienced search and rescue teams, no trace of Carter was ever found. Only a discarded film box at the point where he had taken a picture was discovered. When Carter's tracks reached the steep side of Ape Canyon, the searchers were amazed to see that Carter hadn't been in such a hurry that he went right down the steep canyon walls. But they did not find him at the bottom of the canyon as they expected. The tracks were traced by plane again towards the Eagle Creek Ranger Station before they disappeared into complete wilderness. Carter's complete disappearance is is an unsolved mystery to this day, declared... Bob Lee, a member of the Seattle Mountain Search and Rescue Unit, who was involved in the operation to find Carter. Lee was a very experienced Portland mountaineer, and his credentials included that he was a member of the exclusive Worldwide Alpine Club and the leader of a 1961 Himalayan expedition and an advisor to the 1963 Himalayan American Exposition. Lee said that every time he got cut off from the rest of the searchers during the long search, he got the feeling that somebody was watching me and that there was something strange on the high slope of the mountain. He described the search as the most eerie experience I have ever had. I could feel the hair on my neck stand up. It was eerie. I was unarmed, except for my ice axe, and believe me, I never let go of that. We combed the canyon on one end to the other for five days. Sometimes there were as many as 75 people in the search party, but no sign of Carter or his equipment was found, Lee said. After two weeks, the search was called called off. Seventy years later... And Jim Carter's remains or equipment have not been found. Woof. So there's something going on up in Ape Canyon. Stay the fuck away. And that's my topic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. So creepy. Again, don't go out. Don't go camping. Don't go out of the woods. What the hell's wrong with you? 
I mean, I would go camping. <sighs> I, camping's kind of fun. At the same time, I really like going camping, and I wouldn't be so scared. But that's my story. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. That was pretty good. I like that. Uh, eight people is scarier than I thought it was going to be. Told you. Yeah, I don't I don't much care for that. Uh, definitely don't want to have boulders thrown at me. That's a big yikes. Mm-mm. But, woof. That was good, though. Also, man, I have gone off such a fucking rabbit hole with this wax seal shit. Okay, they've got some real good ones. I saved a bunch of cryptid ones that I want. So we've got the Mothman, the Fresno Nightcrawler, the Jersey Devil. But I'm looking at, like, Lovecraft horror ones. They've got, like, the Necronomicon seal. They've got the yellow sign. They've got a Cthulhu one. This shit's fucking awesome, man. They have one for the Crimson King. The what? The Crimson King? The Crimson King. I don't know. Let's find out. I'm sure they do. Well, Etsy doesn't. But I'm sure you could make one. Anyway, that was a good topic. Uh, Mine was also a cool topic. I'm going to continue looking at these for just a super long time. Um, But that was good. Thank you, Jake. It was a good topic. Episode three is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's good times. All right. Hell yeah. You got anything else? Uh... You can buy our merch at Redbubble. You can find us at Too Scared Pod. Um, you can email us. You can direct message us. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, uh, pretty much whatever, man. We're just hanging out, trying to do some cool stuff. Uh, we're going to get a Patreon set up soon if it's not already set up. Probably won't be, but it'll be coming soon. And we're working on we're working on some pretty kick-ass content already. You're gonna we really are like it. working on some really kick-ass content. <laughs> I think you guys are going to be really excited for it. Um, we're going to be busting our ass, making some awesome shit. So thank you guys for supporting, um, you know, support us if you can, um, let people know about us. If you think they would like us word of mouth helps a lot, but we appreciate all of you and everything that you have done. Um, continue the support and thank you guys. But that is it for me. All right. So from Dylan, my co-host, my name is Jake and we hope we've left you too scared to sleep. Bye now. Bye now.